This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Onyx, Min, and JR. Welcome to episode 21. It's back to school season. So what is a better way to start off this part of the year than the legendary history of after school? And what is a better way to start off than the very beginning? Before after school debuted, they were seen in a couple different things. Like, for instance, if you're an old school K-pop fan, you might know DJ Doc's legendary song, Run To You, and remember the music video with the dancers? Well, if you are looking at the blonde dancer, that was actually Kahi, who ended up being the leader of After School. She was the dancer. She's on the right at the beginning. It's very hard to see her because the lighting isn't very good, but she was in there. So she's been in the industry for a long time before they debuted. Jungae debuted in the group SZ in 2000 and later became a member of KISS 5 in 2005. Another member who appeared before debut was Yui, who was supposed to be in the group 5 Girls that was supposed to debut in 2007 and even had an MTV reality show called Diary of 5 Girls, but unfortunately the group disbanded before debut. But you can still find episodes. They're kind of scattered around YouTube if you want to go look. And then again, Kahi was seen in Sondambi's track Bad Boy in 2008, which then leads us to the debut of After School. The lineup was Kahi, who was the leader, main, and really just the center of everything. And then Becca, who was the main rapper and also a vocalist. Soyoung, who was a vocalist. Juyeon, who was a vocalist and the visual, and then Jonga, who was the main vocalist, lead dancer, and very interestingly, she was later the leader. Their fans were called Playgirls and Playboys, which is very interesting because I don't think I know of any other group that separates their fans by gender. But, however, their fan color was Pearl Metal Periwinkle. Yes, that's a real thing. On January 15th, 2009. They released their first single album, New Girl. They had actually trained together for two years before debuting, and at debut, a lot of people were really hyped because they were supposed to be based off of the Pussycat Dolls, which were huge at that time, and they also had the backing of Sondambi, who was their label mate, and also because Brave Brothers helped them. So they got a lot of immediate attention. And then Ah was their debut track, and a lot of people really liked it, besides of the actual song, which was a lot of fun. In the music video, it guest starred Marco, who was a very famous Argentinian-Korean model at the time, and a lot of people, it was shocking to them that, oh, Koreans are in other parts of the world, and wow, there are actually K-pop fans from different parts of the world, not just Asia or the US. Mm. And also in there, you see a pink Hummer, and that kind of comes back to their next release, which was a digital single called Diva, which was released on April 9th of that same year. And Diva was a lot of fun for many reasons, such as you see the girls going around in these basically big Jeeps. They're, it kind of looked like the Hummer, but obviously they were Jeeps, but they were very big. And so you saw the girls each in two different Hummers because they had a new member called Yui. And it would not be safe to smash, you know, six people into one car. So, yay, they're safe. 
Um, there was just a lot of fun with this image because they were at a tennis court. They were driving around, having fun, going shopping. There was just so much fun and joy. So yes, it was great. And then their next release came in July of 2009. So they had very consistent releases in their first year. They had Amoled, which was a digital single they released with Somdambi. It was for a promotion and it was very digital sounding. So it's, it's very different from most of their discography. So I think it's kind of an interesting track to listen to. And then they didn't have another comeback until fall. But kind of interestingly was that that summer they were the opening acts for the Pussycat Dolls when they came to Seoul. So I kind of thought it was very interesting that they were very well aware of each other. And especially because After School had kind of departed from the image of the Pussycat Dolls after Awe. It was really mainly just Awe, and then they went their whole different way of Diva, so they were very separate, so very interesting. And then their next release was on November 25th of the same year. So they've had, this is their fourth, if you're counting, fourth promotion in one year. So they were going fast and releasing a lot of stuff in one year. So this was their second single album, Because of You. And it was kind of bittersweet because Young left. She was actually the first of the members to leave. But then Reina and Nana joined, which was pretty cool because everyone loves it. Kind of interesting. In this single album, Diva was included in there. And also the track Because of You had a more mature sound. And it was their first major single that was a ballad. Very cool. Very cool. It's kind of funny that that's considered a ballad <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, it's... It doesn't... I mean, it's more emotional, yeah. I guess. Well, compared to of a ballad, but well, compared to like their normal stuff like Diva yeah. or Ah, it is way slower. Yeah. And also, because Reina was the new member, it really showed off her vocals so well. Mm-hmm. So all in all, they had a pretty good year for debuting. 2009 was a big year for girl groups. A lot of girl groups started in 2009 and were very popular. So after school, though, they really made their own place. Like they had a very powerful and intimidating image. Like they had a lot of stage presence when you saw them, especially when you consider the other groups that came out at the time. That is a very bold thing to say, but very true. Like I'm saying that they did a lot for one year. But do you guys agree? Do you guys think that, nah, normal pace? It was four comebacks, correct? Yeah. Yeah, four in one year. Technically. And then also being an opening act for a big US group. Yeah, that's true. I feel like three is the max usually nowadays. Yeah. And even then with girl groups, I feel like it's even yeah. less than three. Rookie boy groups stick to the three comebacks a year. And I'd say girl groups usually have one to two. Yeah. Unless you're twice. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's incredible. I didn't realize, especially because I'm going to do this next, like, the middle years part section here. And I was like, they kind of dropped off a little bit in terms of at least Korean comebacks. Yeah. They did have quite a bit of Japanese releases. Right. But yeah, that's incredible that they had four. Although technically, Amoledu was a digital collab with Sondambi. Like it wasn't like, mm-hmm. technically it wasn't like a comeback release. It wasn't like like their own thing on their discography. It was a collab for like a right, promotional right. thing. But even then though, just the turnaround is pretty impressive. Yeah. And it, all of it maintained like a high quality. Like it, like there's some groups where like they've got like a pretty good debut. Next track, okay. Then third, okay, that's a bit better. And then fourth, kind of eh, like 
usually like they kind of have like a trend of kind of like mediocrity but like they're getting up there after like the initial in there but i feel like with after school like they just kept ratcheting up what they did like they never stopped innovating in my mind Speaking of them constantly improving the quality of their music over the years, let's talk about their third single album, which came out on March 25th, 2010. And actually, it was the only release from them that year as like a group, full group, but it was a very good one. It was Bang. And the reason why it's so good was that in my mind, it is one of the most standout concepts because... They took the group name and they made it Drumline Concept, which you would normally see, you know, if there are any band kids who are listening, uh, you might be interested in this one. Kind of interesting was that they were trained to play the drums for this before Because of You. Like, that's how long they were thinking about this concept. And it was originally suggested by Kai, and I think that was a great suggestion. And kind of interesting, it was supposed to be on the Because of You mini album, but was delayed. So that's another reason why they had been practicing for so long. So if you consider Because of You came out in November, and they released this in March of the next year, like, that's at least five months that they were training before release. I think that that's really interesting. So I think what we're trying to say is Kahi either needs to become an art director slash producer or she needs to open her own agency, which because all of these ideas are springing from her mind. Which is kind of interesting. I didn't know how much of it, like I thought a lot of it was company done, but then in researching this, there were a lot of things that were genuinely her idea. That like she went to the company and the company said, great, do it. And she did it. Which if you think about it, after school isn't the only Pletus group like that. And it makes you wonder what is Pletus actually doing then <laughs> yeah well do, aren't they the same ones who had pristine pristine yeah okay. oh i miss pristine yeah i just thought about that <laughs> but also though and 17 is a self-produced group and newest has a lot of input into yeah. their music too so all of their groups are very member driven which that's a pretty cool thing which is cool well, especially because at the time that was kind of unheard of mm -hmm. because there were so many groups that were splitting and filing lawsuits against their companies so a lot of companies reacted by really cracking down on their newer artists I think part of it though was her age and her experience where Kai was able to just get whatever she wanted she didn't get everything she wanted mm -hmm. as she said in later interviews but just stuff like this though do like oh and we're gonna be able to play drums on stage before we do our main song it's like okay go for it like they didn't make a lot of money on this promotion but still interesting and one final note about this concept was that this was when member lizzie joined and lizzie's addition kind of led us into a new age of after school from there, one of the most famous subunits in the history of K-pop debuted the same year. The subunit was comprised of Lizzie, Reina, and Nana, which were the three newest members of After School. On June 17, 2010, they released their first mini-album with the title track Magic Girl, and they even performed it at Lottie World in front of the famous carousel that artists such as H.O.T. had performed by. Their bright image was a stark contrast from after school, and it's probably a contributing factor as to why people tend to separate the subunit from the group, which if you try to look on Naver or many other search engines, they tend to separate Orange Caramel from after school. They treat them as a separate groups, instead of groups such as Super Junior, where 
they have many subunits, but they're still considered to be part of Super Junior. They ended up being such a huge hit that later in the year, they released their second mini-album, Aang, on November 18th, which had a storybook concept. And so that's how After School finished 2010. So, JR, could you please take us away and talk about the middle years? Quick reminder, the group consists of nine members at this point, and to start off the year of 2011, Pletus announced that the group had signed on to a Japanese label called Avex, which was home to a lot of large Japanese artists at the time and Girls' Generation, and that they would start to promote in Japan. This is important because there would be a lot of Japanese producers and influences in their music moving forward. It all started with a collaboration with Namie Amuro, a Japanese artist that is pretty big across all of Asia and is known for her ever-changing style and multiple collabs with artists from all over the world. The song, titled Make It Happen, which wasn't actually released until late April of that year, was a success and even went on to win Best Collaboration of the Year at the MTV Video Music Awards in 2012. But it was also Young's debut release with the group after being added in late 2010. As far as the song itself goes, it's very catchy and the set design is really cool. It does kind of feel like the girls are more backup dancers and backup vocalists than actually having a presence in the group. Mm. But nonetheless, I'm sure it did wonders for their career in Japan which would be extensive, as we will come to see. Soon after the Japanese label announcement in January, Pletus announced that Kahi would be having her solo debut. The teasers started dropping on the 9th and 12th of February, and the actual music video came out on the 14th. Soon after that, she started promotions for the comeback. So I want to talk about the song real quick, which was called come back you bad boy. It starts off super pretty and it's really, the beginning doesn't sound like the rest of the song in my opinion. It kind of goes into that talk rap thing that goes over the singing that was really popular during that time. And then the chorus drops and it is very much a product of its time. It's metallic sounding and really electric. And the styling is kind of old fashioned too in the sense that it came out in 2010 or 2011, I'm sorry. And that's okay because Kai is gorgeous and she can pull off literally anything. But overall, it's not my favorite song, but I don't hate it either. I think it's pretty good, actually, especially for a debut, a solo debut. I think it's pretty good. The next promotions to come were from Orange Caramel's Bangkok City comeback on March 30th, 2011. The song was a success coming in at number one on Bugs and number three on the Guyon digital chart. And let me tell you something, I love Orange Caramel so much. I will never stop loving them. Their music is, it's really fun and bubbly and it stays in your head forever. I think Orange Caramel is what I thought K-pop was before even getting into K-pop. Like, they're very bright and colorful when in reality, like, yeah, there is bright and colorful, but it's not absurd, if that's a good way to put it. (laughs) Which, Orange Caramel is absurd, and I love that, so that's what I'm trying to say. But it's a really good one. JR from Newest is in the music video, although he hadn't debuted yet. And the styling is atrocious, but their makeup is cute, which is a continuing theme, I feel like, for Orange Caramel. Their makeup is always really pretty, but their outfits are ridiculous. Yes. This was also the beginning of their One Asia project, which we will see again a bit later in the year. Another thing about most of Orange Caramel's music is that even though they're closing in on being 10 years old now, they still don't sound particularly old. Like, yeah, they have a couple of singles that are like, oh, this is very 2012. But Mm -hmm. most of it doesn't sound particularly dated. Yeah. It's just so weird. I agree. It's timeless and weird. (laughs) That's the perfect description of them. Moving along, the announcement of the group's first ever full-length album actually came before Kahi and Orange Caramel's promotions, so it was actually 
quite a long time coming, and it also would be Young's first ever promotion with the group. On April 28th, 2011, the album entitled Virgin dropped with the title track Shampoo. This song peaked at number 10 on the Guy on Digital chart before steadily dropping off. What's really cool about this comeback is that the members learned to tap dance, and yes, that is right, tap dancing. That they are incredible when it comes to concepts. I'm a big fan. In the Shampoo music video, the girls welcome Reina's character into their group, and a lot of the video is of them practicing the tap dancing, and it eventually comes to the setup for the next music video, which is a stage where they perform their routine, which is entitled Let's Step Up. The video drew praise from Joseph Wigan, a world-renowned tap dancer, as Soompi quotes, and honestly, they deserve it. The video is incredible, and the girls are dancers, but I don't think that necessarily means that they would make for incredible tap dancers, because while dance has elements of itself within all styles and genres. I don't think that automatically makes you a great dancer in every type of dance, but they were able to pull it off and they did it incredibly. So I think that just shows how great their work ethic is, that they were able to come out with such a high quality video. Soon after the end of the promotions for Shampoo on July 17th, 2011, it was announced that Becca would be graduating from the group in order to pursue her original dream of being a designer. Up till this point, after school had quote-unquote enrolled multiple members, but Becca was the first to graduate. And while Soyoung actually left the group early on in the group's career back in 2009, as we had mentioned, she's never really counted as actually graduating for some reason, at least in all the articles that I had found. But in the end, Pletus actually made a pretty big deal about it, having a goodbye photo shoot, throwing her a party, and Becca actually released a final solo song called Take Me to That Place, which is really beautiful. Fairly soon after all of this took place, Pletus announced that they were going to split up the remaining eight members into two groups called After School Red, which would have a sexy concept, and After School Blue, which would have a fresh concept. On July 11th, Pletus announced the group's lineups, which were actually chosen by fans at their most recent fan meeting, and that came out to After School Blue, including Juyun, Reina, Lizzie, and Young, and After School Red, including Kahi, Junga, Nana, and Yui. On July 19th, Wonder Boy was released by the Blue Unit, and then just a few days later, on the 26th, Night Into the Sky by the Red Unit was dropped. If I were to poorly explain the difference between these two, then Wonder Boy is up and Night in the Sky is Mad Max. And there's quite a bit of cultural appropriation thrown into Night into the Sky, and it's it's not good. We don't condone such things. <laughs> No. But just just to, you know, be aware going into it. That being said, in my opinion, Wonder Boy gets an extra push because some of the newest members and S-Coops are present in the video. But that also is not without controversy because it was accused of plagiarizing Finkel's Forever Love. To which the group responded that they drew inspiration from that song. And it wasn't actually plagiarism, I guess. But, you know. At the same time as this comeback, the girls were also actually preparing for their Japanese debut. So just as quickly as the units came, they disbanded, which according to Pletus was due to the fact that they wanted to focus on Japanese promotions. The girls held a showcase that sold out within a minute and were going strong in their overseas promotions, and this would also mark their last 2011 promotion in Korea. But that was only for the group as a whole. Orange Caramel's Asia One Project's Phase 2 arrived on October 13th with Shanghai Romance, another very cute song with lyrics written by Super Junior's very own Kim Hee Chul. And it featured another newest member, this time Minhyun. And this is probably my favorite of theirs. It's so catchy. 
It's always stuck in my head. During this year, a lot of the members were also doing their own activities outside of the group. Yui released her first ever solo song on June 21st called Sok Sok Sok, and it's really catchy and cute. Very good. Highly recommend. And later in the year, she would go on to star in two K-dramas, Birdie Buddy and Ojakyo Family. Lizzie also kept busy as she was cast on Running Man, although she eventually stepped down from that role, and the drama All My Love. Kahi had her first ever acting role in Dream High Season 2, and I think we mentioned that a few episodes back. It was not great. (laughs) Not because of her specifically. The whole thing overall was just... It was a trip. If you want to hear more about that, go back and listen to our other episode. (laughs) And also, a quick note, the entire group cameoed as the fictional girl group Pure in the 2011 horror movie White Melody of Death. 2012 came around, and the girls didn't have much promotion in the first two months, but on March 14th of 2012, after releasing teasers and pre-release singles for the past two months, Playgirls was released. This was After School's first ever full-length Japanese album. It was packed with Japanese versions of already well-loved songs and a few new tracks as well. The group also soon started touring in April and ended that tour in June. The first stop also marked new member Gan's first ever appearance with the group. She had previously been announced to be joining, but she hadn't been seen with the girls yet. The final tour stop also happened to be Kahi's last concert with the girls, because on June 5th, 2012, Kahi announced that she would be graduating from the group. It's interesting that they kind of stopped making a big deal of graduations after the first person to ever graduate. Like, there was no photo shoot as far as I know. I'm sure they had a party, but it wasn't publicized like the one for Becca was. It kind of shows how graduations would take place in the coming years, as we will see in a little bit. But while touring in Japan, the wheels actually had started to turn on another Korean comeback. There was a lot of hype for this one specifically because it would be the first without Kahi, a new member was about to be added, a new leader was yet to be confirmed, and it seemed like the group was going back to their roots with a sexy concept. All of this came together to create a number one on the charts when Flashback finally dropped on June 20th. Jung Ah was also announced to take over the position of leader. A few months later in September, Orange Caramel debuted in Japan with a remake of the 1977 song My Sweet Devil by Japanese group Candies, along with Japanese versions of their past releases. From the Japan Billboard website, the song came into the charts at number 28. In that same month, though, Orange Caramel also had a Korean comeback, which is quite fast to be had if we're looking at the timelines here. This time, it was with a full album called Lipstick and a title track of the same name. And out of all of their tracks, this one kind of feels the least out there. The styling isn't that weird. The makeup and the music video aren't too extra, but it's all still really good and it all still feels like Orange Caramel. And from this comeback, there's also an interview with the members saying that just because they might eventually graduate from after school, that doesn't mean that they're done with Orange Caramel too. So I have hope for another comeback, but Catalina was also six years ago and that really hurts me, but we'll have to see if they ever actually reunite. (laughs) At the beginning of this year, Yui became an MC for Music Bank, a position she would hold onto for over a year. She also acted in a period drama called Janwoo Chi, which gained her a lot of praise. Before Kahi graduated from after school, she actually enrolled in college during this year, which is really cool because she is an older idol and you usually see idols either go to college or they just don't. There's not a lot that you hear about going after, you know, the time for exams happen. 
So I thought that was pretty cool. In September of this year, 2012, Jung Ah was announced to have been cast in the second season of the drama Reckless Family. Reina did an OST for the drama My Shining Girl. Lizzie also had some solo activities, including a collaboration called Cosmetic with And Up, an indie rapper, and she starred in the K-drama Rascal Sons. Another thing that we've actually mentioned before in a past episode is that Lizzie and Nana took part in the SBS Gaio Dejun of 2012, where they were part of project groups. Lizzie in the group Mystic White and Nana in the group Dazzling Red. We mentioned it in the Sistar episode. Yeah. And that was essentially the end of 2012 for them. To start off the new year, on March 13th, 2013, Orange Caramel released their first full-length Japanese album, which was eponymously named. It did pretty well and stayed on the charts for three weeks. Just a month later, they did a collab with Korean indie artist Ten Centimeters, which used to be a duo, but a few years ago, one of the members left the group, but that's besides the point. At this point, they were still a duo. Together, they did a remake of one of Ten Centimeters' songs entitled Hug Me. As Soompi says in the article that I found, it was part of a project called Recode, which brought mainstream and indie artists together to create a new paradigm of music. And if you know 10 Centimeters music and Orange Caramel's music, they're very different genres. Check it out. On March 30th, the group's first promotional activity was to hold a fan meeting in Taiwan with the proceeds going to children in need. And then a few months later, on May 27th, Pledis announced that the group would start getting ready for their sixth singles release. As the group was known for their intense concepts, there was a lot of hype for this comeback, especially since there were polls in the teaser images. This was confirmed on the 8th of June, just a couple days before the music video was dropped, when a quote-unquote CCTV, which is something that Pledis actually did a lot, they had like security camera footage type stuff a lot of the time in their practice rooms and stuff like that. You can see that with Seventeen, you can see that with Newest. It's a thing they do, which is kind of weird. I don't like the implications of that. <laughs> but yeah, a video teaser was released showing the girls practicing on polls. Then, after a year-long wait, the music video for First Love was finally released. Personally, I find this to be my least favorite of all the tracks up till this point because the song is kind of boring in my opinion. I hope nobody hates me for saying that. Um, but obviously the pole dancing is very impressive and I think it's cool that they used such a bright palette for such a sad song. It's not really a happy song in any way. But yeah, during this time Nana and Lizzie were both injured and they had to take time off of promotions during this comeback, which was unfortunate. But it's good that they got the rest. Then in October, Kahi was having another solo comeback, and the girls went to Inkigayo to support her, which is really cool because it's always nice to see groups and their past members interact, and we would get even more of that interaction because a month later, Kahi and the group would reunite again for an episode of SNL Korea. They went on to release their fifth Japanese single, Heaven, on October 2nd, and then two months later, in December, their sixth Japanese single called Hush was teased to come out at the end of January, hyping fans up for that specific release. Again, some solo activities happened alongside the group promotions for this. Yui was cast on Barefooted Friends, which, if any of you remember, that was my first ever variety show, and Golden Rainbow, which was a K-drama that brought her an Excellence Award at the 2013 NBC Drama Awards. On April 2nd of that same year, Yui also stepped down from being an MC on Music Bank, as I had mentioned prior. Lizzie also briefly appeared on the Japanese show Evil Spirit Ward. Min, why don't you tell us about everything that happened after this? Yeah, but 
we'll have to talk about this in the next episode because this episode is getting far too long. So let's jump over to the trivia question of the week. So today's trivia question is, what was the first mixed idol group? So I'm going to ask Min Jr. what do you think is the first uh, mixed idol group? Who is it? I feel like I know, but I can't remember. The name. Okay. I know it's not Akmu. Right, very before Akmu. I'll give you that. Yeah, but Akmu is strong though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't think I of guarantee it. you don't know this group, but I'm just curious as to what groups you might think might be the first group. I've written a lot about 90s groups, but none of it sticks to my memory because it's been a while, so I don't know. <laughs> it was Koet. <laughs> not coed, but yeah. I'm thinking of Sharp. Okay, Definitely. so your guess is Sharp, Min's guess is coed. Okay, so <laughs> we're gonna post, I think we should post this on Instagram and see if anyone tries to get it. Yeah, I wanna see, I wanna see what people think it is. So, speaking of music, Min, what is the song of the day? Today, August 9th, 2012, Tasty debuted with the single album Spectrum with the title track You Know Me. Tasty was a duo made up of a pair of twins. Daryong and Soryoung, and they were under JYP Entertainment from 2012 to 2015. But funny enough, they still make music. They just moved back to China and now go under the name Hanch Brothers. And you can actually find all of their Chinese music on the YouTube channel Hanch Twins, and it's very fun. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSumbays or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on August 23rd, 2020. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.